up for Carla Mandrell, sir, if you are able. Uh, some of you know Carla and the situation that she's going through. She's in California, and she's requested special prayer from us, her family. Uh, her mother is nearing the end of her life, and then uh, the Wednesday morning prayer group came up with some really good suggestions as we pray for uh, her mom in the situation, Carla's mom. So let's uh, take some time to pray right now. First of all, let's thank God that he is working his will with everyone who is involved. Just take a minute to think about God's will and what he's doing in their lives. Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You are working amazing things. Hallelujah. Number two, Lord, we praise and thank you for peace for the whole family. Hallelujah. Our only peace is found in you. We need that peace, and they need that peace, and we ask for that peace. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Number three, we ask for assurance of salvation and eternal life for Carla's mother. You have created her for a purpose, and we just thank you that she will find her purpose in you now. Draw her to you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Make yourself real to her. And Lord, we thank you that good will come out of this whole situation. You promise us that good things are for your people. All good things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to your purpose. Thank you for drawing others to you through this whole situation. Good things. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we look forward to hearing reports of what you are doing there. And as you bring Scott and Carla back to us, Lord, we thank you that uh, you will encourage them and strengthen them. Thank you that you have them there at this time for your purposes in Jesus' name. Amen. Safety for travel as well for Scott on his way down there and he with Carla back. Amen. A couple of announcements. Uh, we have a part of us that are in the Middle East. They left on the 10th, and they'll be back on the 21st, so let's remember them in prayer. Uh, a couple of notes from Adam. Uh, they, the group appreciates the offering that was sent by this body to support them. Uh, they appreciate that very much, and we are all a part of what is happening right now. There's a completely unreached city encountering on-site prayer. And they're part of the Luke 10 team, and we're praying for that city. Hallelujah. True Bridge Women's Conference planned for September 27th through the 29th at The Branch, which is near, I believe that's probably Osage, right? It says Osaga, but it uh, must have been an E instead of a G, Osage. Okay. Uh, there's a sign-up sheet by the welcome counter right where you walk in there. 
um, as you walk out, make sure if you're a lady that would like to partake of that, sign up. Uh, it's, it, they're still working on the co cost. It might be around $75 per person. Uh, we should have brochures so soon. School of Ministry will begin Wednesday, September 4th, moving from glory to glory as we serve. Talk to Pastor Dean for information and to express interest. Boy, that sounds good. Glory to glory as we serve. I had a couple of quick things to share with you this morning. Um, Pastor Dean asked me to share a quick testimony and a verse. Well, if you're like me, there's lots of testimonies and lots of verses. So I'm going to take about a next hour and a half to just kind of share. No, I'm just, <laughs> don't give me a thumbs up. You're encouraging me. Throughout so many things in life, uh, I asked my wife, Sarah, which is a good thing to do if you, you know, get up in front and share things. Uh, honey, what is a key verse that you would say? Because obviously we've been through the most major thing in our lives was with our daughter, Joy, who um, God did some miracles in my daughter's life before she was born. Wowed the doctors, you know, we have x-rays and, and, and words from doctors and, and all this stuff that showed that God did an amazing miracle. And all the scriptures that we had, and thank you for, for the body of Christ and the scriptures that you shared with us. I mean, I was just thinking, oh, which one's more important? Sarah said the verse that really meant so much to her was not necessarily a verse on healing, but uh, how many of you know, without looking it up, what 2 Timothy 1.7 says? It's an excellent verse. Oh, don't say it out loud. We're trying to... Yeah, you, Kent, Kent, no, sorry. Just kidding. That's the teacher coming out of me. Raise your hand if you have something to say. So, <laughs> no. Um, it's great in the New International Version, but what we have... What my girls quote at home is from the King James Version tweaked a little bit. I'll read exactly what the King James says. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And in all the things that we were dealing with, the emotions and the reports and all those things, we had to keep coming back to a place where we knew that God had our best interest in mind and he loved us and he loved that unborn baby. And how many scriptures can we pull out to support that? We had to renew our minds that God is good. And, and, and when your belief systems are renewed that he is good, God does have healing in store, he has made all things perfect concerning him. Then, and, and we're also encouraging ourselves, have a sound mind. Don't be afraid. Just kept coming to that verse. How can I not be afraid? How can I have a sound mind? Well, that's a command from God in 2 Timothy 1.7. But all these other verses supported that. And uh, we've been listening to some CDs from um, that I haven't heard before. Um, Leon Fontaine were shared to us, uh, shared to Stephen Joyce by Adam and Vicki, and he talked about how 
our belief systems need to change. And it's not the deserving that get miracles. It's the believing people that get miracles. And through all the things that we dealt with, what really shocked me is I'm not a spiritual giant person, but God did a miracle in my life. Not because I deserved it, because my faith was so strong, but just because I simply believed it. And that, 2 Timothy 1.7, having that sound mind, that, okay, God will do this for us and he will take care of us. So let's pray for our giving this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we give out of a cheerful heart, a gift of, uh, of, of gratefulness from us, Lord. We thank you that everything we have is yours and we just uh, give back to you a bit of everything that we have, our emotions, our time, as well as our finances. In Jesus' name, amen. Tithes and offerings go to the boxes in the back. By the way, my name is Andrew. Good to see some of you new people here today, but I'm glad you're here. Thank you. been talking for a couple of weeks on these verses, and I just wanted to take a moment again this morning. So Colossians 1, 26 and 27. That is the mystery which has been hidden from past ages and generations, but has now been manifested to his saints, to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And again, that word you can be talking about you individually, but also can be talking about you as, as he was talking to the church at Colossae there. And so Christ in you, Christ in us. Isn't it great? We have Christ in us individually and then we come together and we celebrate the unity of his life within us. We've been talking a little bit about some of the things that are active within our life because Jesus lives within us. Christ in you. Wow, what an amazing eternal blessing. As Andrew said, things we don't deserve. That's what the gospel is all about. Good news to those that were lost. <clears throat> Christ in you, the hope of glory. We saw that Christ in us is our righteousness before God. And so we have a perfect standing with a perfect God through the perfect blood. And I get grafted into that relationship. And so I have union with God through him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Then we also saw that uh, Christ in us brings us living hope, the hope of eternity, the confidence that forever and ever and ever we'll be with him in perfect union. But also, this is a, also a hope that is right now, and it has a hope that we have an anticipation from going from glory to glory. In, our, in the revelation of who he is. We wake up in the morning with anticipation, I'm gonna know you better, Lord. I'm gonna walk with you in a, in, a, in a higher place because I see you for who you are today. 
That's a living hope. Amen. And today, I just I want to look at the victorious Jesus lives within us. The victorious Jesus lives within us. His presence is moving us ahead in victory. We overcome in him. Hallelujah. All that God does is meant to propel us forward in life. What a marvelous thing. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. That was his whole purpose, and he went about doing good. He went about doing good, delivering, healing, setting free, taking the the people that were lost as sheep without a shepherd and drawing them in to fellowship with him and open their heart to the goodness of God. God's purpose for your life is so pure, it's so strong. There's nothing evil about it. When we really see that this Jesus is living in us because we have faith in his blood, we have nothing that would hold us back in giving ourselves, abandoning ourselves to his purpose and his plan. Amen. I want us to take and just read a couple of verses that will be up on the screen here about the goodness and the power of God that's working for us. In John 16, if we could just read these together this morning. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. The Amplified, I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Jesus went ahead of us and he made a way. Jesus said, I have overcome the world. And so we have the right to walk above circumstances, to live in unbroken fellowship with his wonderful heart of love. Hallelujah. What a promise. In John 5 and verse 4, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Let's read this together. And for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is the one who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. That's a good answer to the question, isn't it? Who is the one who overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That's one description that the Bible gives of the world. We overcome because Jesus paid the price he went before us. Our faith in him gives us a brand new attitude. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And our faith, you know, the Christian religion is called a faith. 
We're living beyond what is seen. Jesus has gone into heaven for us and our faith is in the living Savior. That faith causes us to overcome. It's in a person. Hallelujah. John 4 and verse 4, let's read this one. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. That's 1 John. <clears throat> and so I'm pulling a couple of these out of context. They're talking about false religions and false teachers, but yet some of these verses transcend the context and they just talk about our standing in him. Let's read that again. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Hallelujah. The greater one indwells us. Paul would say, I'm ready for anything. I'm equal to everything through him who infuses inner strength to me. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ in us, he infuses inner strength into my spirit. And that's where the victory comes as I walk out my service for him. <clears throat> Psalm 27 and verse 1. Let's read this together. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? Maybe that's a question we can answer, ask ourselves. Who shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? Hallelujah. Psalm 121 in verse 2. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. This is the one who dwells within us, Christ in you, the very one who made the heavens and the earth. He is the one that's granting me help. He is the one that's causing me to overcome. My faith in him opens the door for his power, his goodness, his love, his excellence to show up in my experience. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Why would I be afraid? He made everything. Amen. Jesus would say before Abraham was, I am. <laughs> he is the eternal one. He has chosen to dwell within us. He's making a way for us. We're secure in his love. We're secure in his hands. Amen. Let's just take a moment and thank him. That he is the faithful one. He is faithful and true. Thank you, Lord. You've proven yourself time after time after time in our life. Thank you, Lord God. We honor you. We love you. We trust in you. We set the course of the rest of our life to follow after you. You make a way where there seems to be no way. Amen. And then in 2 Corinthians 2, 14, just want to take a little time and 
look at this verse for a little while today. 2 Corinthians 2.14. Let's read this together. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. One more time. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. The Amplified always leads us in triumph as trophies of Christ's victory. Amen. His hand is upon us. We're marching through life, radiating a testimony of God's love. And so Paul wrote this, and it will take a moment here. We're going to look at the context, but it's pretty interesting. He's talking about how God had guided his life and kept him on the path that was marked out for him. We go back to verse 12 here. He's, the Apostle Paul says, Now when I came to Troas for the gospel of Christ, and a door was opened for me in the Lord. So he comes into the city, and he says, A door was opened for me in the Lord. Benson comments on this. That is, there was, a, a, there was free liberty to speak, and many were willing to hear. The Message Bible says, God had opened the door. All I had to do was walk through it. That's how Paul was seeing the present condition in Troas when he was there. Many were willing to hear. A freedom, a liberty to speak. Everything was going great. Hallelujah. That's what his ministry was, to go and to proclaim Christ in places where he wasn't mentioned. Then he comes down to verse 13. I had no rest for my spirit, not finding Titus, my brother. But taking leave of them, I went on to Macedonia. So here there's a a wide open door for him. Many were there willing and ready to hear and listen. He felt great liberty to proclaim. Isn't it great when you preach or teach in places where there's, it seems like people are just pulling at the word of God and you, you're just in the flow with them. I've preached other places where you just read your notes and that's it. <laughs> Everything just kind of, you've been there, can't they? <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? Here he's finding his freedom, but yet he says, I found no rest in my spirit, even though the open door was there. God sets us in places where there's open doors, but we don't just bow before open doors. Our heart's in continual connection with him, and he guides us. Amen. Amen. And so Paul was walking with Jesus by faith, step by step. Yet his spirit had unrest. And so he decided to to leave them and went to Macedonia. But this was not a spur of the moment action. This was not an impulsive moment. 
You know, sometimes we, we're going through life and all of a sudden things get kind of rough in our business and whatever, and we're thinking, throw in the towel, give it up. Well, that's not what Paul's talking about here. Our condition of life, the way we approach life, is that we give ourselves fully to what God has set before us. We set our hands to the plow and we do not look back. And we just, you know, just whatever you do, do heartily as unto the Lord. Amen. But yet God has a way of getting our attention as we're just got our eyes on the task at hand and we're walking out all of a sudden within our spirit, within our heart, he begins to move. And, you know, maybe it's not a total change of life or anything. Maybe if, you, if you're in business, just, wow, a new area to launch out in. Everything's going great where you are, but all of a sudden there's just that, that something in your heart to launch out into a, a new stream of it. Or maybe to pull back in one area and highlight another. Isn't it great to be in front of the curve? Isn't it great to be ahead of schedule? Amen. It takes faith to step with Jesus. And so this wasn't a thing where Paul stepped off the, the ship and all of a sudden looking around, he says, wow, this is a great place, great opportunity to share Christ and then step back on the ship and move on. This unrest was there day after day after day and he finally determined God was moving him. Amen. I had a, a good friend who had started a church in Winnipeg and he had been there for 10, 11 years, and it had grown from zero to about 500 people. And the blessing of the Lord was there. And yet, he started to feel unsatisfied. He felt an unrest, you know? He went and saw Christian counselors and says, why do I feel like I need to leave? Everything is great. <laughs> he went and talked over with Christian counselors. And, and he worked it out, but yet it kept, it kept, it kept there. And finally, he moved, moved on. And a few years later, another young man came in and pastored the church, and it, it exploded to 5,000. Wow. Isn't that, isn't that marvelous? See, we get so focused on my part that sometimes we have to step back and let others do their part. Hallelujah. And so Paul spent time in Troas. We don't know how long. It's kind of not recorded in the Acts, but a couple times he was passing by there. But we don't know how long he was there in the city but he found 
people ready to hear. And so the second thing we see here is that Paul did not abandon the door that God had opened. The little phrase, but taking leave of them, literally, having given them commands. He gave the brothers instructions and then bid them farewell. So the work, the fruit that he was, he was producing in lives, now he says, I'm going to be leaving, but here is what you need to do. He recognized that others were equipped to step up. We stay humble to keep in step with the Spirit. Recognize the gifts and growth in others. You know, sometimes we, we just know that we have more experience than other people. We can be very confident in our call and ability and our history. At times, we just need to step back and allow others to take the lead, allow them to grow, allow them to make some mistakes. I had times when somebody wanted to come and help me in the office and whatever, and I had a system I would do. I had the very first Macintosh computer in 1984, I think. <laughs> it was a little Macintosh computer, and the whole thing ran on a floppy disk. It had the hard drive, the, you know, the right program, everything. You put the disk in there and the whole thing would work. But I had it worked out where I could do things on that, develop, you know, bulletins and all that. And I could do it in probably, you know, half an hour or something. And somebody says, I want to help you. So they would come in and they started doing it. It took them like four or five hours <laughs> to get it done. Well, to start with, it probably took me that long. We need to, you know, sometimes we just need to allow others a chance to grow and to serve and to develop their gift and their call. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's what Paul was seeing. He saw the development in the brethren. He saw that they were growing, that they were moving in step with God. And again, our part is to put our hand to the plow and not to look back. But Jesus within us will be faithful to speak in our heart and to keep us on track. And it's interesting, and I believe it was Acts 20, that Paul towards Later on, he comes back into Troas and he, he finds a body of believers that were mature and they were meeting in an upper room and that's where the fellow was went to sleep up in the window and fell down and they raised him from the dead. So there was faith in the congregation. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. We're not impulsive. We don't act without prayer, contemplation, talking with trusted 
leaders or people that have the Holy Spirit. But when God speaks to us, it's just there, it's just there, it's just there, it's just there, it's just there. You can't get rid of it. Amen. And we know that as we obey God, the part that we were doing, he is going to fill it up with his people that will take it on to a higher place. It's not just about us. It's about the kingdom. It's about the people of God. Amen. Isn't it great to be part of a body? That's moving ahead. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. So let's go back and read again 2 Corinthians 2, excuse me, 2.14. Let's read this together. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. He always leads us. He never abandons us, never takes a step back. He always is leading us onward to the triumph of Christ. And as we give ourselves to our work, as we give ourselves to him, as we're dedicated to following him step by step, we bear fruit for him, individually, collectively. I went to Bible school in the church in Minneapolis. It was just full of life. There was like 120 kids in the school, and yet it was just full of life. And we'd worship for like two hours, and then they'd preach for an hour uh, on Sunday mornings, and you'd think, wow, we've got to go home already. Can't, you know, just amazing. But they came up to a place, and a bunch of people were coming from a certain area of the city, and they said they just sent them, they started a church in that area so they didn't have to drive clear across the city so they could reach that area of, of town. And they did that, and all of a sudden, you know, had a couple of weeks where numbers were down at the main place, and then it filled back up, and then they did it again in another part of the city, and it filled up again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're servants of the king. As we walk in the spirit, the blessing of the Lord follows us. But thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumph as trophies of Christ's victory. Hallelujah. Let's pray today. Let's thank him that this is the one who's working in our hearts. He's leading you on day by day into the perfect plan that God has laid down from eternity. I surrender to him. I surrender my future to you, Lord. I will do what you've called me to do. I'll give myself fully to it, but my future is in your hands. Thank you, Lord, for fruit. Thank you, Lord. So, Father, we thank, I thank you today that you are faithful, you are good, you are merciful, you are kind. I thank you, Lord God, that as we relate together, that we're bearing fruit for eternity 
Thank you, Lord, for the great grace that is ours. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Hallelujah. Well, love each other today. Bless you.